0: It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today, I am honored to be joined with Kathy Cow with Vinci 2.0. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me, Roy. Pleasure to be here.
0: So you guys just launched your second Kickstarter campaign for the Vinci 2.0, the world's first standalone smart wireless headphones. Tell our audience where all of this started.
1: Yes. So to start, let me give you a little bit of background about the company. We actually started in September of 2014, and our goal was really to create a much better, much easier, more convenient listening experience for for users who currently have trouble, for example, when they're running out in the park, you know, when they're connecting with their their phones and their headsets, they're using wires and Bluetooth or losing Bluetooth connectivity, it becomes quite a hassle as well when you're running, you know, and you have to look down at your phone for certain music streaming services and for certain apps, and then finally pressing the song you want. It's a, It's a lot of things to deal with, especially when you're on the go. And so what we wanted to create was this completely standalone device that you can just, for example, put on your head and Vinci can detect that it's on your head to to automatically um, play music for you. When you take it off, automatically pause. And when you put it on, you can just say, hi, Vinci, play a certain song, play Justin Bieber, play Lady Gaga, play a rock song, play something to make me happier. And Vinci will understand exactly what you want to hear. So this is tailored based on your previous listening history, but also based on a bunch of kind of body status uh, features. For example, we have a heart rate sensor in there. We have a accelerometer, pedometer. So eventually you can track your heart rate, your uh, number of steps, and kind of what you want to hear at the moment. So it's a device that understands how the user wants to listen to music, but also how the user, or what kind of music, rather, the user wants to listen to. So we created this device to really improve the music listening experience, essentially. And with the, the 1.0, which we launched last year as well on Kickstarter, that one did nearly a million in 37 days. And that one was over the ear. was We focused a lot as well on, on the sound quality, on a lot of the different other features for UI. For example, there's also a touch control feature. So essentially, you can just swipe uh, forwards and backwards to change tracks and swipe up and down to adjust the volume. So very easy to use, very interactive and very simple UI.
0: Yeah, this this product is awesome, Kathy. I mean, you guys raised, you know, we're we're at about a half a million so far in the campaign. We're trending to to raise almost, you know, about a million again on this one. What's interesting is you guys, you know, hit the campaign goal. I think we raised $100,000 in four hours and you hit the campaign goal within six minutes. You know, obviously you you had a pre-existing community to be able to tap into and you guys also held a, a launch party in New York City and got some video testimonials from users. Talk about let's talk about the launch of the campaign and why you guys have been so wildly successful.
1: Sure. So I think what's really important for a lot of campaign owners is to realize the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes pre-campaign. And a lot of that comes in as you mentioned boy with uh, our previous campaign, like our supporters from there. but as well, what is important to, to know to do is definitely to have like some kind of a teaser launch page before launch and try to get as much momentum as possible there pre-launch to be able to have this big this big bang, this big boom um, on launch date. Another I mean there's a lot of other uh, streams that we use pre-launch and those come from uh, PR, from you know, digital ads from some other company supporters, from perhaps uh, some distributors who are interested in the product. So a lot of a lot of sourcing, a lot of um, uh, trying to get momentum by finding support, I guess, from friends, from family, but also from these professional networks as well.
0: Absolutely. So give the audience an idea of how big of an email list or community you guys built before this campaign versus the first version 1.0.
1: Yeah, so for for one point oh, actually, we I believe it was around five thousand emails that we acquired, and for this one, this one we did an overwhelmingly amount of a hundred thousand. <laughs> so it was it was definitely a great bump from last year, and I think because of last year's campaign, we definitely had a better stab at how to approach how to approach the campaign and what we really needed to get kick started. And for so for this one, we brought in a lot of, you know, the the tactics that we used for last campaign and try to just scale it up for this one.
0: So with all of the pre campaign marketing efforts that you guys did and given that you hit your campaign goal in six minutes and then 100 K within the first four hours, what do you think was the, the most responsible factor for all of your pre campaign marketing efforts?
1: I definitely definitely think it was the well the numbers show that it was the emails. The email conversions that we're about to get, email conversion rate is definitely one of the highest rates um, when you compare it to PR when you compare it to um uh digital advertising. And so I think before launch, it's definitely important to know kind of what is maybe an average rate for your certain industry and what you're looking to get there so that you can have a a good estimate of about how much you you're able to acquire that day from email. And then of course for the other the other parts as well, but I would say one of the biggest drivers was that email conversion.
0: So you mentioned getting some great press coverage. I know you guys have been covered now in Forbes, Digital Trends and Gadget. You know, what 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 are some of the tips for other creators that are listening in terms of getting and securing great coverage for the campaign?
1: Mhm. I think one important, one definitely very important thing is to make sure that you have a good working prototype. A lot of media are just very interested in if they're interested in your product and want you reach out, you know, uh, definitely make sure you can be able to ship them like a review unit. They love to review the products. Uh, A lot of them are willing to even return it back to you. It's just a matter of them being able to kind of feel the product in their hands. And especially for Kickstarter, Kickstarter projects and crowdfunded projects, they want to know that this is a product that's you know, out there that is going to be ready for market that will be delivered to backers. And they're just not writing, they're not just writing an article about something that's kind of just a myth. So to them, it's very important to be able to actually test out some of these features that you're explaining in your campaign. But for the reach out process, I think one very important thing is just knowing which uh, which media or which writers to reach out to. Make sure, you know, they're actually interested in the topic of what you're doing. Make sure they usually write about things within your category. So if they're interested in like AI, for example, don't send them a product about or about like food and something completely unrelated. Uh, They're not going to write about it, even if they're just top media that you want to reach. Just make sure you reach the right the right people.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your campaign video. What, uh, what was the process like there? And uh, how did you decide what to include in the campaign video itself?
1: Yeah. So we definitely ran through a couple of different versions of scripts. And it was not easy coming to what we finally wanted. But I think our approach process there was very simple, was what do we want to tell our audience? And what are the, the outstanding features of, of Vinci? Uh, as compared to other headphones out there, as compared to other smart headphones out there? And what do we really want to convey to the audience in terms of the special features and what what is different? Uh, I think the Kickstarter community loves to see, you know, innovative products. Of course, they're the early adopters and they want to see the main differences of the innovativeness that they can be a part of, that they can help kickstart. And so when we wrote the script, we wanted to focus on number one, what is the main selling point of this product? And for us, it was a completely standalone capability for, for this new campaign and for the old campaign. Uh, but for this one, it was the ability to stream music on the go with this, with the SIM card and being able to take calls and messages and positioning it really as that completely standalone device, almost like that, that Apple smartwatch, but you know, in a pair of headphones because you would need a pair of headphones anyway. So why not combine it into one? So we wanted to take kind of this route and make the user understand that this is something that, you know, could potentially replace your phone, especially when you're engaging in high activity, uh, high level activities where you can't always look down at your phone all the time, and especially when you're running outside or you're in the gym. So wanted to really convey the usefulness of that there and trying to think of some of the scenes that is most, uh, most suitable. And for a lot of this also, we looked into our audience from our last campaign and tried to see, you know, which, which audiences did our product convey the message to most clearly? Which audiences were more, more interested in the product and which scenarios and environments and scenes and activities were they interested in? So we ended up coming down to a couple to jogging outside to um cycling uh, outside and to dancing uh which you might have seen in the video as well a couple more um commuting some scenes we ended up actually taking and cutting out because we just felt that the video was kind of dragging and getting a little bit too long as well so we ended up keep- we ended up cutting the video from 3 minutes and 40 seconds to 1 minute and uh 58 seconds I believe is now and I think it definitely helps the user um, when you have just maybe three top points instead of five, six or seven or eight, which we had in the beginning. But I think it's it definitely helps the storyline when you have maybe a few like very strong uh, features that you want to focus on rather than having like 10 features in there and then trying to make the user follow you throughout the whole three, three minutes and forty seconds.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I noticed on this campaign, about a third of your backers are new backers. They've never backed a Kickstarter campaign before, which is always interesting to us. Did you find that the marketing or the messaging in terms of your target market or audience has changed while the campaign has been active?
1: I think I wouldn't say there was too much of a huge change. I would say that last year we we maybe focused our ads a lot more on, on Kickstarter. And on crowdfunding and on people who are early adopters. I think for this product, being also that Apple just launched their smartwatch as well, we took a little bit, a little bit more of a tweak and I want to say tried to target some mass consumers as well, like purchasers of that Apple Smartwatch, or s- some very similar products within the category of this standalone device. So I would say, yeah, probably a little bit we changed. Um, but I think like some of the main, main interests and activities were the same. For example, fitness focused, sound. Yeah, I think like those were the main two. Those were the main two. Jogging, uh, cycling, Ugh. but yeah.
0: Did you guys test different videos before the campaign launched to see what converted better in terms of the email acquisition pre-campaign?
1: Did we test different videos? Um, campaign videos, no, but we tested some creative, uh, small little snippets that we did in house, just very, very short. Like some of the the videos that you would see on, on Facebook that you pass by and it's like one minute long and it's something that with like bold text letters and it's just something very really creative or funny or just gets like one feature in one point across. We did some of the testing with that. Uh, tested with like, uh, with models or with people in the m- movie. So actors in the short video clip or just product only. So we definitely did some testing for the ads there. But in terms of the main campaign video that we actually did not test and we had that mainly because we were a little bit delayed <laughs> on producing. <audio. laughs>
0: but we would love to have
1: tested that. Yes. Pre, that would have helped.
0: So, given that you're now a crowdfunding vet, what's the the biggest thing that you've learned through the whole process now of launching two separate campaigns on Kickstarter?
1: Biggest thing? That's hard. There's so many things that I've learned. Let me think. The biggest thing I would say is leave at least two months of time for preparation. Otherwise, you're just kind of going to drive yourself crazy. This takes a long time to prepare. Definitely not just maybe what you might think as the first time. Uh, I knew when I came to it, I was like, uh, you know, maybe one month is enough to put everything together and really just launch. And it's just crowdfunding, and people are interested. You know, they come in and they they fund your product, but there's really quite a lot that goes on um, beforehand in terms of the preparation. And the first three days are the most important part of the the campaign, really, because. A lot of people come and, you know, they see if your product is doing well and how much percentage you may have overfunded and decide, you know, on there if your campaign is really going to be worth their time or if they see that, you know, you're able to deliver because you've passed your goals. So make sure the first day, even if you're able to surpass your goal and um really be able to, you know. Calculate your conversions and see how much you're able to surpass your goal by would be very important.
0: So what's been the biggest surprise of this Kickstarter campaign?
1: Of this one, the biggest surprise. Biggest surprise. That's a good question. I would say, oh, I would say we did have one little surprise. One interesting surprise was actually, so we launched the, (laughs) the previous version the 1.0, we had a lot of people ask, you know, why the screen? Why do I want a screen on the side for like the the visualizer and the personal expression? And you know, what's the usefulness there? I mean, there is a functionality component to it too, which is you can log in directly to your music services and put the password of your Wi-Fi and your music services on there. But with the 2.0, so we launched one of the versions, the light version without the screen. And then we had people come in and all the backers come in and, you know, ask, why is there no screen on here? You know, we really want the screen. That's one of the reasons why, you know, I backed the other version instead. And I just really would wish there was a screen on there. So that was something that came really surprising to us because we thought that people, you know, were complaining about why there's the screen there and what's the purpose of the personal expression component. But that ended up being something that people really wanted. And so we included it back in there. Uh, so that, yeah, that was pretty funny interesting you
0: can't please them all right (laughs) yeah so where where are you guys headed next when this project ends what's 3.0 look like
1: yeah well that is um that's still a little early i would say there's definitely plans to do a 3.0 and we have some ideas in place still too early to release because we have like some wild ideas thrown together but Probably, I would say, within a maybe a couple or a few months, uh, we'll have a better idea. Awesome.
0: Well, allow me also to congratulate you on being a 2018 CES Innovation Award honoree. That's uh, quite a badge of honor to get. So congratulations on that, Kathy.
1: Thank you, Roy. And yes, we will be there. Our product will be showcased in the Innovation Awards Center. I think it's center, but. We'll also be at booth number fifty one six eighty if anyone wants to drop by in the Sands Expo of um the Convention Center. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well we're looking forward to getting a demo of that when our team heads out there. Kathy, this is gonna get us into our launch round where I'm gonna rapid fire questions at you. You good to go?
1: Good to go. I'm ready.
0: So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur?
1: Uh I think quite a lot of things, but I think one one thing actually, is probably my father. He was in the textile distribution and manufacturing business, and he was an entrepreneur his whole life. And I think just seeing him, you know, just self learn a lot of these aspects from like, uh, you know, how to do distribution in in America coming from this small, tiny village in China, and how to um, set up, you know, all this process without knowing everything was just kind of uh, amazing to me. And so I've always wanted to be a self learner. And I've just felt very motivated when I have something that I'm very passionate about.
0: So if you could have a meal with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be?
1: Ooh, probably Elon Musk. I think he's just very diverse and has done things in all different kinds of industries and being able to create great impact in all of them. And it's just pretty amazing. I want to hear a lot about how his mind works. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Are there any business books or books in general that you would recommend to our listeners?
1: for entrepreneurs and startups. I would say the lean startup that's definitely been uh, I forget who uh, I forget the author's name. Um yes, Eric Reese, The Lean Startup. I think that's a great great book um in terms of learning how to test, how to um how to start, how to test, how to uh, iterate on your idea, how to create a minimal viable product. And I think that has been very helpful in terms of a read in terms of starting a company and really seeing how to improve across all different functions.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I had the, uh, the wonderful chance to interview Steve Blank a few weeks or a few months ago now at Web Summit, and uh, you know, he's one of his teachers. Um, so really interesting to hear the perspective from the, the teacher, the educator side on that. Last question, Kathy, in the, in the launch round, what does the future of crowdfunding look like?
1: I, oh, good question. I think for, for me, because I've always, I've been a lot in the hardware space. I think, but there's also a lot of gaming companies out there. I really think it's endless possibilities, definitely crazy um, amounts of ideas coming out every single day. I think crowdfunding is wonderful. And I don't think, I think it's just going to grow from here. I think there's a lot of companies still getting into this space, whether it's uh, companies that are actually the manufacturers or companies that are supporting startups in terms of the fulfillment process or companies as you know roy yourself like with this with the the marketing agencies um pr agencies i think there's a lot of support here and that's why i think it's gonna grow
0: i agree kathy well this has been awesome this is your chance to give our audience your pitch tell them what you're all about where people should go and why they need to go buy some vinci 2.0s on kickstarter
1: All right. Yep. So Vinci 2.0 is, again, a completely standalone headphone product. It has the ability for you to stream music directly on the headphones, take calls, answer messages. There's a personal trainer inside. It has very simple, easy gesture control, voice control, and uh, bone conduction mic as well. So this gesture control and bone conduction mic is something that's actually not been seen before in traditional headphones. And with all these features really actually only comes down to a price that's starting at $89. Uh, so definitely a very good time to kind of uh, get your hands on one now if you haven't yet. And we are available on Kickstarter right now. And our campaign will go until January 14th. So, yep. Awesome. That's pretty much all I got.
0: <laughs> Kathy, thank you so much for being on the show. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the show notes, the full transcript, links to the campaign, and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backerkit. And of course, if you loved this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Kathy, thank you so much for being on Art of the Kickstart today. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There, you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.